Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 38 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for all you do and all you are. Help us learn more of you and your love today as we read about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of the stories in Mark 10 we've already read in Matthew, but I wanted to point out some thoughts about the blind man Jesus healed at the end of this chapter. Mark chapter 10, verses 48 and 49 say, And many severely censured and reproved him, telling him to keep still. But he kept on shouting all the more, You, son of David, have pity and mercy on me now. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, telling him, take courage. Get up. He is calling you. Well, the people around this blind man were trying to quiet him down. The words severely censured and reproved him were used to describe their actions. This man was being significantly pressured, but he would not listen. In fact, our scripture tells us that he cried out all the more loudly. It must have taken a great deal of courage to go against the crowd. He was desperate for a healing, but he would not go unnoticed, even though all the people were against him. Jesus told his disciples to bring him to him, so the people who had been trying to quiet this man down now told him to be courageous. And as I read these words, I thought, yes, I need to be more courageous in my asking, even though sometimes I wonder if I'm calling in the blind. I wonder, is he really listening? Well, the blind man in this story may have had those same thoughts until suddenly he found himself face to face with the Almighty. That must have taken courage. Jesus asked him what he wanted, and of course he said he wanted to see. I wondered what would happen if I were to hear those same words from Jesus. What would I have the courage to ask him for? Would I stumble? Would I stammer? And then I thought, how is this different for me now? I know that Jesus sees my pain, and I know he hears my prayers. Why would I go any less boldly to the throne than this blind man did, and why would you? I want to encourage you to go boldly before the throne and ask for what you need. Your prayers are heard just like this blind man's prayer was heard. The people in this story are like the thoughts in our mind telling us to be quiet, but let's not be quiet. This man was bold and we can be bold as well. Jesus told him that his faith healed him. Let's pray for an increase in faith in the Lord and his ability to heal us today and then follow him more closely, like the blind man in the story did. Let's see what's happening in Romans chapter 10. Paul again starts off wishing the people of Israel would recognize Christ as the Messiah. After a seemingly long argument about God's sovereignty in chapter 9, Paul offers hope here in chapter 10. While we cannot save ourselves, Jesus can. In verse 9, we see exactly what we need to do to be saved. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There you have it. This is how we are saved. We are not saved by our works or deeds. We are saved by confessing that Jesus is Lord with our lips and feeling and knowing that in our hearts. This is the best news any of us can ever hear. Further, verse 11 says, the scripture says, no man who believes in him, who adheres to, trusts, relies on him, 
will ever be put to shame or be disappointed. Well, there are many Old Testament references for this as well. It's said in Psalm verse 30, chapter 34, verse 22. It's in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, and 49, verse 23, and in Jeremiah 17, verse 7. If that weren't enough, we read a third line of this fact, verification, in verse 13, saying, For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord, will be saved. If you read closely at the end of this chapter, you will see Paul writing about how God knew ahead of time that the Gentiles would accept this message before the Israelites. Take special note of the words and prophecies in the Old Testament about this. As we continue to read through the Bible, it is magnificent to see God's words all come to pass as he said they would. His faithfulness is seen throughout his word. We can trust in the words here in this chapter that assure us we are saved through Christ. Well, let's see what's happening with the Israelites in chapter 25. God tells Moses to collect an offering from the people. When you see the list of all the offerings he requested, you may wonder what he needs with all these worldly things. However, the mission for collecting all these things was to build a sanctuary. Not a sanctuary for the sake of having a nice place for them to go. It was a sanctuary that God wanted made so that he could dwell among them. A place for our living God. I find this spectacular. God wanted to live among them even way back then. He wanted relationship with them, close relationship with them, and he desires that today as well. Then God gives Moses very specific instructions about how to build the sanctuary. Again, we see about God caring about every single detail. He gives details about building a mercy seat where he will meet with Moses. In verse 22, God says, I will speak intimately with you of all which I give you in the commandment to the Israelites. How amazing is that? An intimate conversation with Almighty God, the creator of the universe. Verse 30 is something to take note of because it will be referred to in various books throughout our journey in the Bible. And you shall set the showbread, the bread of the presence, on the table before me always. There were 12 loaves of bread, one for each tribe of Israel, and it was only eaten by priests. This bread was replaced every seven days on the Sabbath. Jesus is later referred later referred to as the bread of life and whoever eats of it will never be hungry this reference comes from john chapter 6 verse 33 and 35 the showbread is referred to when david not yet king eats the showbread for sustenance as he flees from king saul of course he wasn't supposed to eat it but he needs it to continue on with his mission jesus also refers to the showbread when he talks to the pharisees about their traditions so we will see references to the showbread in various places nice to know where the origins of it came from. It's right here and is directed by God himself. In chapter 26, God continues to give Moses more instructions on how to build the tabernacle. All is significant, but wanted to share something that explains the first holy of holies, which is only to be entered into by the high priest and only once a year called the day of atonement. Verse 33 starts the instructions about how the curtain or veil was to be hung, which separated the holy place from the most holy place. The mercy seat was to sit on the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy place. This is where God would come and speak with Moses intimately with him. This is also noteworthy because this curtain 
was the one that was torn in two when Jesus died. This curtain separated the holy place from the most holy place and was 60 feet long, 30 feet high, and four inches thick. Another fun and holy fact to know about this most holy place. Well, let's see what's happening in Psalm chapter 28. David is crying out to the Lord in this Psalm. He is repenting and being chastised by God. We can see and probably relate to the remorse David is feeling. His repentance is even affecting his health, which can happen to all of us when we are feeling such significant pain from remorse. He is sad and writes that he is in mourning. He says his heart throbs, his strength is gone, and the light has gone from his eyes. Even his friends and neighbors are far from him. He talks about himself like he has the plague. His ability to describe exactly what is happening to him is astounding. We see his shame through his words. And again, we've probably all felt like this at one time or another. But in the end, he writes about his hope in the Lord and is confident the Lord will answer him. We can turn from hopelessness to hope as we read this psalm, knowing the Lord is indeed our hope. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for teaching us and touching our hearts through your word. Thank you for making a way for us to be covered in your mercy every single minute of every single day through the sacrifice of your son. Even before he was born and died, you made a way for your people to sit on a mercy seat. Lord, you are the giver of mercy. Help us receive all we need to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.